How do I find a new job? How can I make a career change? And the biggest question of all, can I really find a career that I love? Hey, my name is Jen Smith, and I believe career success doesn't have to be at the expense of living a radiantly happy and healthy lifestyle. As a former HR leader and recruiter turned career coach, I get what companies are looking for when hiring top talent. What that means for you is an unmatched combination of insider knowledge and the best kept secrets about making heart-based career changes and navigating the ups and downs of job searching in today's world of work. Whether you're a recent graduate navigating the job market for the first time or a seasoned professional ready for a career change, this show is for you. So grab your coffee or your kombucha, pull up a seat and get ready to be challenged and inspired to move beyond your self-doubt and take the right next steps towards landing a career you love. Because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. This is the Flourish Careers Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Flourish Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Smith, and I am thrilled to be back here with you for season four. It is a crisp and cold winter day here in Western New York. I just returned from the park, which always makes me feel grounded. And today was extra special because I met this adorable dog. He's a medium-sized dog. He has a reddish, brownish coat. He's probably a Vishla if you're familiar with dog breeds. He had his winter jacket on and he came running up to me and he was so wiggly and happy and it just made my day. So I felt like it was a good time to hop on the mic and record the kickoff to season four. In today's episode, we're talking about something a little bit different. I want to share some personal insights on something that shaped my perspective over the last year, which is all about how I swapped productivity for presence. So our world often celebrates productivity. And I get it. I started my career in operations, which is all about efficiencies and targets and being faster and easier and all about productivity. It is ingrained in my blood. However, there is something equally essential, which is being present in the moment. What unfolds when we shift our focus from getting things done to being fully present in every moment, both professionally and personally, is profound. So today I want to share my personal experiment with you. I deliberately replaced my productivity-oriented brain with one centered around presence. It definitely wasn't always straightforward, and it came with its own set of challenges and some pretty cool revelations. And I can't wait to share the outcomes on how it really transformed my perspective on work and well-being. This episode goes beyond my own experience. It's really about valuable lessons that we can draw from emphasizing presence. Whether you're navigating a demanding career, pursuing a super fun personal growth project, or even searching for a deeper sense of fulfillment, this shift from productivity to presence holds really profound insights for us all. 
So grab your favorite drink and find a comfy spot. Let's explore the power of presence together. As we dive into presence versus productivity, I hope that you'll uncover insights and a dash of inspiration that resonates with you and your own path. So let me start by setting the stage. Last year, I met up with a friend I hadn't seen in a while for dinner. As we planned our get-together, I looked forward to catching up and reminiscing. I envisioned a night that felt like old times with warm connections, good conversations, and tons of laughs. However, once we arrived at the restaurant, it quickly became clear that we had different views of this dinner. As soon as we sat down, my friend set her phone on the table in front of her. Actually, both of her phones. And I laughed and said, why do you have two phones on the table? And she's like, oh, one for work and one for personal. And I get it. I used to have to have two phones for work as well. And then throughout the dinner, my friend, who I hadn't seen in quite some time again, kept picking up both of these phones. She was constantly switching between these two phones, swiping, checking notifications, refreshing apps, responding to messages. And I just felt so left out. I thought this was going to be a night for catching up, but she made it clear that she wasn't listening to a word that I said. So instead of allowing my frustrations to grow, I became really reflective. And I thought back to when I know that I've been guilty of similar behaviors, and I was learning how it makes people around you feel. I was witnessing it firsthand, and that distracted behavior really stole from this entire experience. So in that moment, I vowed never again to do that to anyone else. And throughout the last year, I decided to make it a point to provide my attention intentionally. So you might be familiar with word of the year. So this is a process of selecting a single word that really encompasses your intentions for the year. For many years now, I've selected a word in January and I've used it as my intention throughout the year. It's kind of like a guidepost or a North Star, and it really helps guide your intentions or your day-to-day behaviors. Now, word of the year is not my brainchild, and I know I'm not the only one doing it. In recent years, many people have really started opting for word of the year over New Year's resolutions for so many reasons. Perhaps the most compelling reason is that for many of us, word of the year provides a more realistic approach to change in the new year. Rather than the ditch all your bad habits, cold turkey, and set yourself up for failure approach that we've pretty much been accustomed to throughout the years. So ideally, the word of the year syncs with your values and priorities so that you progress more toward the kind of life that you hope to lead. And not to mention, it's the perfect tool to support your heart-based intention setting. So following my experience at dinner with my dear friend, I now knew that I wanted my word for 2023 to be presence. So why does presence matter? There's a quote by Alan Watts that really stood out to me, and it says, 
Stop measuring days by degree of productivity and start experiencing them by degree of presence. Time is our most valuable resource, my friends. And unfortunately, it is not a renewable one. If you waste time, you don't get it back. Looking back, I know I wasted plenty of time, especially in my early career days. When I functioned on autopilot, I was wishing the days away because they were so jam-packed and stressful. I was always running to what I thought was the next best thing. No more of that. Now I want to savor each moment with intention. The information coming at us from all directions can feel incredibly overwhelming. And I've learned that that overwhelm never eases as long as I stay tethered to the information machine, otherwise known as my phone. But I've also learned that when I give my brain a break and the space to think, I always begin to feel happier and healthier. I wanted to stop the cycle of endless hamster wheel productivity and pay attention to one thing at a time. Making presence my focus of the year helped me to do this, and it gave my brain a much-needed break. So I knew that I wanted to do what Alan Watts said and stop measuring my days in productivity and start experiencing them with presence. And I knew how to get there. I would become more present if I let go of distractions. Easier said than done. (laughs) So after making my word of the year presence, I began recognizing just how many distractions were keeping me from being present. I learned that email is a big distraction for me. If I had time to fill, I would pick up my phone, check new emails, look at messages, respond to emails. I could fill every minute with email. I'd fill even more time by scrolling through my inbox and deleting old messages. And I realized how my brain stayed caught up in work which is a habit that is easy to form for all of us, but especially when you work for yourself. I would go down on a lunch break and I'd start warming up some soup or something for lunch. And I'd immediately be on my phone checking and responding to email while I was just taking a 15 minute lunch break. If I wanted to experience a fully present life, I needed to tackle my email distraction. And it's not that I don't like email as a form of communication. I actually love it. But email, especially with it on my phone, clearly took up a lot of my time and brain power. Once I committed to presence and started recognizing email was my main distraction, it was time to take action. So I want to share a couple of the things that I did. They all had various levels of success. Number one was I did a 40-day no email on phone experiment. I decided to remove email from my phone and keep it away for 40 days. I figured I can do anything for 40 days. It's just 40 days. Now, this wasn't a no email rule. I could always check email on my phone. I could re-download the app or go in through Google but I wanted to really start to become untethered from my inbox. Here's what happened. I initially felt super anxious. 
I was feeling like I was missing out on everything. But over time, I noticed more space opening up in my mind. And after about 15 days, that anxiety subsided and I felt like myself again. So during the experiment, I definitely noticed that I missed reading some of my favorite newsletters on the go. So after the 40 days, I found this app. It's called Slick Inbox. I'll add it to the show notes if you're interested. But I added this app to my phone. And what this app does is it allows you to get your favorite newsletters and you can read them on the go, but it doesn't allow you to respond to anything. So it's not a new email address. It's a newsletter subscription inbox. So that actually turned out to be really fun for me because then when I did want to read something, I had all my favorite newsletters right there in one place. But I can't respond to anything. So that was the key. Another way I released myself from the bonds of email was by purposely keeping my laptop in my office. My office is one of my favorite places in the house, but it's on the third floor. It's what I call my treehouse, and I love it. But going up all those stairs just to check email meant exerting quite a bit of effort. So more often than not, when I wanted to check my email after working hours, I would think about those stairs and say, that email will still be there tomorrow. There's no sense in going up two flights of stairs just to check email. The third thing I did was turn my phone to Grayscale. Now, I heard this on a podcast. I think it was with Gretchen Rubin, but I can't be too sure. So to make my phone less appealing, I changed the setting to Grayscale. And I can confirm this definitely makes your phone much less fun. I could not find anything quickly. I did not like being on it as much. But one thing that I learned from this experiment is that I love color. I love emojis. I love heart emojis that have color to them. And so when I tried this, I couldn't find my heart emojis. I couldn't find anything on my phone. And it was very annoying. I love photographs. I love seeing color in photographs. Nothing. I couldn't see anything. So this grayscale experiment did not last very long. And frankly, I was happy to turn my phone back to color. Now, I will tell you, if your phone is one of your distractions and you don't want to be on your phone as much, turn it to grayscale. It will not be as fun. The fourth thing I did throughout the year was perform energy audits. Now, this is something that you can do, and I'm actually going to share a more detailed episode on this next week, but it really starts to help you notice what generates energy versus draining energy. And so what I started doing was healthy swaps. There was a profound difference in how I felt after spending 45 minutes reading my book in the evening versus spending 45 minutes doom scrolling socials or responding to emails. It's kind of like when you eat a bag of an empty calorie snack food versus a protein rich one. So with poor snack choices, I'm still hungry. After protein, I'm not hungry and I feel a burst of energy. In a way, I felt the same way after reading a book versus scrolling the socials. So I started focusing on making healthy energy swaps. And the last thing that really helped is that I selected quotes for daily reminders. So you heard the Alan Watts quote that I shared. 
Another one of my favorites that came up is from Emily Dickinson. And she said, forever is composed of nows. So usually when I see these quotes, I find them really inspiring and I'll write them down or put them on a post-it note or just have them as reminders throughout the year. And having these reminders and particularly the beginning of the day or the beginning of the week really helps me stay present in between all of the stuff that goes on from day to day. Following these experiences and experiments, my time on email is so much more efficient than before. I get more ideas when I'm working and when I'm not working. And my brain feels so much more spacious. I'm sleeping better. And I can't confirm if if this is a direct correlation, but I'm actually remembering my dreams, which is something that I have not done in a long time. So as a result, I'm sure you can imagine, I am not adding email back to my phone I figure I am working for eight to 10 hours a day. That is plenty of time to be able to respond to emails versus having it on my phone when I'm away from my computer. It just doesn't need to be that way. So if you would like to swap productivity for presence, here are a couple steps that you can take. First is to commit. Dedicate yourself to embracing presence where each moment is much more cherished and valued. You can reinforce your commitment in so many ways. Definitely write it down. I usually add the post-it to my computer. I heard a creative way somebody in my beloved community decided to make an image of their word of the year and they screenshotted it and used it as wallpaper on their phone for that reminded commitment. But the key here is to make your commitment tangible and visible so it remains at the forefront of your mind throughout the year. From there, you want the accountability. So over the years, the Flourish Careers community, we have shared our intentions. And as a recommendation from one of our members, shout out to Andrea, we got bracelets with our intentions engraved on them. So it was a really simple and fun way to commit and have that accountability and daily reminders. Speaking of community, surround yourself with a community that shares your commitment. So engage in meaningful conversations with friends and family. Share your experiences and your challenges and your victories as you navigate it together. Okay, so first you wanna commit. Then you want to tell your friends for accountability. Now it's time to identify your distractions. For me, it was email. For you, it might be social media. It might be thinking about the future all the time. But the first step to living more present is identifying what's getting in your way. And then once you've identified what's getting in your way, you'll be able to strategize and experiment. So you want to use creativity to eliminate those distractions. Fortunately, there is tons of helpful guidance on the internet for just about any distraction. So pick strategies that you think are going to work for you. Some might not work. Grayscale did not work for me. But consider everything you do as an experiment. You're just testing it out. You're a scientist. You're trying different things and just figure out what works for you. So first commit, then tell your friends for accountability. From there, identify your distractions and craft some experiments to try out what works for you. And then lastly, reflect on how it's going. 
One thing I did was continually reflect on how it was going. Part of heart-based career planning is being agile and iterating when things aren't going well. Let me tell you, those first few weeks of removing the email app from my phone were hard, but I stuck with it for those 40 days and it paid off. I celebrated my wins. I worked on finding a new solution when some things fell through. So if you reflect and readjust throughout the year, I believe that you'll find at the end of the year, you've made some real progress towards inviting more presence into your life and you'll see some significant changes. With a little effort and following some of these ideas, you can carve your path to presence. And if you want guidance on incorporating lessons like this into your career planning, I'm always here to help. And I'll include various ways we can work together in the show notes. So as we wrap up this episode and look ahead to an exciting season four, I want to express my gratitude for joining me on this exploration of presence and productivity. Remember that the power of presence isn't just an abstract concept. You can integrate it into your daily life starting today. Whether you're seeking greater fulfillment or even a meaningful project or a new path, the choice to be present in each moment can make a remarkable difference. So thank you so much for being part of this community and I'm excited to continue this path together. I'll be back next week with an episode on conducting energy audits to help you set your heart-based intentions. I'll talk to you next week. 